today on the Locked On Blues podcast. The Super Bowl was last night. Uh, not the most favorable result for us uh, St. Louis fans in general, as Stan Kroenke and the Rams hoisted of the Lombardi Trophy with a 23-20 victory. So we're going to be getting into that. I know it's not hockey, but hey, it's the Super Bowl. we got to talk about it. Uh, and then the Blues are playing the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night, early-ish game, so we're going to be previewing that today. Probably won't have a time to get the preview out tomorrow before the game. So busy episode today. Lots to get into. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I am joined by my one and only Valentine, Thomas Welsh, and we have a banger of an episode for you guys today. Going to be talking about the Super Bowl and the disappointing result for us bandwagon Bengal fans out there. Uh, talking about the Blues' upcoming matchup with the Senators, and if we have time, we'll be recapping the Blues' 5-1 victory, I believe, over the Chicago Blackhawks. 5-1 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. Got sort of right of the ship. Lost to get into today. Uh, but first, want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen, because we are free and available on all pod- podcast platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, now, Tommy, I hope you appreciated that uh, that intro. I I, I kind of kind of happy Valentine's Day, babe. Yeah, little chocolate, yeah, little chocolate covered strawberries for you. To be honest, <laughs> and, and Emily, if you're listening, it, you, you wouldn't understand. It's a podcast thing. Just don't ask um, questions, honestly. That's that should be the motto of this podcast. Don't, don't, don't ask questions, don't, don't and you won't get answers you won't like. Exactly. All right. That being said, wonderfully non awkward intro behind us. There was a season finale of the NFL last night. The Super Bowl happened. Dwayne The Rock Johnson gave a amazing intro. Little funny seeing him on the field with all the players. Um, that weird little bouncing crypto. Uh, I don't commercial. know. There was Remember 85 crypto commercials, so I couldn't tell which one you were talking about. But yeah. But the I, one was just the square bouncing no, around. Yeah, it felt like the VHS thing going. That was actually kind of cool. I didn't use the QR code, but my brother did because he's got a... That, that app went from like number number 160 on the app store to number two after that ad. So it worked. Yeah. And it was a simple works. ad. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get getting all that. The halftime show was freaking awesome. I loved it. Um, except unless you were sitting behind it and then tough luck there. Um, <laughs> lots to get into. I guess we should talk about the game itself first. Where do we start? Uh, first half was pretty exciting. Uh, lots of offense. Second half was pretty much the opposite. I don't know. It was only like like 10 points scored total in the second half. So something like that. I could be wrong. Um, it was a it was a pretty pretty close game through and through. Unfortunately, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, held the lead pretty much majority of the second half until it was too late right at the end there uh, with L.A. completing the touchdown to Cooper Cup. Um, what, do you th- what do you like of this year's Super Bowl besides the winner? Let's just get out of the way. I think that was... Probably look, I I get everyone talking online about like St. Louis being butthurt that they lost the team and all this stuff, but uh, when you when you bring it down to the bare bones, lost in every single facet of that relocation, including like supporting a team and doing their due diligence to uh, abide by the relocation guidelines and hold them accountable to those relocation guidelines, and the team still saying we it doesn't matter, we're just going to throw seven hundred ninety million dollars at you and act like this never happened. Uh, so that's exactly what happened, and then St. Louis fans could still hold on to the fact 
that the only Rams Super Bowl happened in St. Louis, and now that has been stripped from us as well. So to watch Stan Kroenke hold up that trophy uh, after everything that he put us through as fans, after never making appearances as the team owner, after never talking to any members of the media or acting like he wanted to be here, putting a plan in motion to move the team to L.A., uh, pretty much since the time that he took over as uh, the head, the majority owner of the St. Louis Rams, I think the same season, 2010, that he took over as majority owner, uh, he licensed the St. Louis Rams as a California company. So uh, that tells you everything that you need to know there. But just sickening and a dark day for uh, St. Louis to have that just kind of stripped from pride. Uh, And I feel like that is something that St. Louis holds near and dear to itself is its pride, especially in its sports team. So for that to happen was uh, nothing short of abysmal to watch. But that being said, uh, the game itself was pretty entertaining. I like the fact that it was close. It wasn't like the Seahawks versus the Broncos where the game was over at halftime and you could just eat snacks and get fat the rest of the game. I like being engaged. I like feeling like you don't really know who's going to win. Um, and for a while, I I still didn't know who was going to win up until that last drive of the Rams because it felt like both defenses were playing really well. I think the Bengals secondary did a really good job of minimizing the big plays of the St. Louis Rams, and that was kind of their bread and butter the entire season. Obviously, OBJ going down early was rough to see, and uh, especially in the man a torn ACL. There were a couple of bright spots of LA winning, and seeing OBJ, you know, tears in his eyes, that was pretty cool. And you can't can't hate Matt Stafford. Yeah, I think I think Brad Matt Stafford, Stafford above everything. Like I mean. Being in turmoil and the with the Detroit Lions, I mean, basically a wasteland of a franchise. Sorry if you're from Detroit, but they have not been relevant in a long, long time. Pretty much since Barry Sanders, right? Or am I yeah. wrong? So yeah, it's 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 a situation where almost like Ryan O'Reilly, like you take him from a poverty franchise. Again, sorry, that's kind of that's a little Damn. harsh. <laughs> but you take him from a poverty franchise and put him on a good team and look at the success that he has. And so I do feel good and like obviously with the Rams it was never about the players like they didn't have they have no say in whether the team is relocated or not so watching Aaron Donald break down in tears after seeing him drafted in St. Louis and probably one of if not the most disruptive and electric defensive players the game has ever seen you you can't help but root for the guy um but like I said that being said still a dark day for STL and Joe Burrow, dude, I see Joe Burr. Oh, I thought he he'll had it, dude. The the, he'll be the back. comeback was on, and uh, they ran Perrine on third down for I don't know why, and then fourth down, Jamar Chase burns Jalen Ramsey and has a wide open touchdown the for the game fails winner. Them again. Yeah, like just oh heartbreaking stuff. Look, if the if, if the Bengals if the Bengals had won, it would have been. I, I think that it already was like the most time a QB had had been sacked at a Super yep. Bowl. It would have, without a doubt, been the most times a QB had been sacked and won a Super Bowl. So you get a little bit better of an O-line, uh, and you probably win that game if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. That being said, this is a hockey podcast. So in our second segment, we're going to be talking some hockey. Uh, the St. Louis Blues took on the Chicago Blackhawks Saturday night and won 5-1 to one in a pretty fun game to watch. It's always nice to whoop up on the Blackhawks. So we're going to be talking about that. And then we're also going to be talking about the Blues upcoming matchup with the Ottawa Senators. But first, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not a resolution because I enjoy eating Built Bars. They're delicious. And 
Have you heard about Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. I cannot believe that those three words are together. It's amazingly delicious. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. If you're looking at the Puffs, you're choosing between uh, cinnamony churro flavor, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. So good. There's going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars, including the Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. But looking at the flavors, you got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and good for you. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Tommy. So the Blues did play a hockey game on Saturday night. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks 5-1 to in a pretty thrilling offensive victory. Billy Husso had one of the easiest nights a goaltender will ever have, only facing 16 shots uh, and saving 15 of them. Again, can't really say, oh, Billy Huso won them that game because the defense just didn't let anything up. Uh, the, uh, I don't know. Changes. There were some high-danger chances in that first period, though. I definitely yeah. I definitely think at the end of the first period, it 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 definitely could have been 2-2, two to two, but Billy Huso made some highlight reel saves there. I think he made yeah. three out of the entire game that I was like, wow, I can't believe he saved that. But I think that's that's just a testament of the game that we've seen from Billy Huso this season. And um, he's been... I mean, obviously leads the league in save percentage out of uh, however many minutes for goalies. So, like, like obviously there's goalies out there that have a bigger sample size than him, uh, but there are far and few between uh, that have been more successful at, like we're talking about, saving high-danger chances. So uh, I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't want him traded, and I completely respect that and understand that. Um, from my standpoint... We're gonna get down to the trade talk again, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to leave that for another episode, or uh, as we get closer to the trade deadline. But from my perspective, this team's going nowhere. This team's gonna go as far as their defense goes. So if you can get help on defense without moving Billy Huso, by all means, please do, uh, because Billy Huso is obviously the better goaltender right now, and probably has a better chance of leading this team to through a Stanley Cup run, as like the sample sizes that we're looking at currently. That being said, if you can't move anybody and get any help defensively without moving Billy Huso, I think that's a tough decision that you're going to have to make if you're Doug Armstrong. So that's where my head's at there. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I do get that this team will only go as far as their defense allows them, especially in the playoffs when you're not going to be putting up five goals nearly as easily as you have been this season. You know, The Blues offense is still going to be super high-powered, and that's going to be their biggest strength. But you can't have your biggest weakness be – you know, a defense as bad as the Blues have um, or have had at times. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because if it's the defense that plays in front of Billy Huso, maybe they don't need any help. I don't know. Conversation for another day. Because there are a couple, uh, couple of talking points from this game that I think we should discuss. Uh, David Perron gets his ninth of the year on the power play. Dakota Joshua gets his second goal of the year. Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 16th of the year, and then Jordan Cairo, just over the halfway mark of the season, he could very easily hit 30, and heck, turns on the Jets, he could hit 40. 
The biggest uh, talking point, I think, is the Blues going to the third period up 3-1, to one, a situation where they found themselves in before, and a situation where they've kind of taken their foot off the gas and let teams back in the game before, and they come out and they outshoot the Blackhawks 13-2 to two in the third period. It was all St. Louis in that third period, and it wasn't, wasn't because of a lack of effort from the Blackhawks. They were playing hard. They were trying to get back in the game, and St. Louis really just shut them down and played well defensively. That's why I'm so confused as to what the potential of the defense of this team is. is yeah, the Blackhawks aren't the best team this year, but anytime you outshoot a team 13 to 2 in the third period when that team is down two goals and, you know, taking risks on offense, it means you're doing something right on the defensive end of the clock. Yeah, and I think there was a there's a press conference after the game where they were asking uh the Blackhawks coach about the game and what he thought and he was uh notably talking about their lack of effort and their lack of tenacity. So maybe them being down two goals uh just got in their heads a little bit and they didn't feel like they could come back or didn't play with the same fight or whatever it might be. But um, I think, like you said, the Blues, oftentimes we've seen the Blues kind of go down that same road and lose sight of what's ahead of them and feel comfortable with a two-goal lead. And the next thing you know, it's all tied up and they lose in overtime. So uh, the game very easily could have gone either way. Thankfully for the Blues, they took control of the situation and uh, put the pedal to the metal. And uh, took it to the Blackhawks. A rival, dude. A rivalry. The rivalry seems so far gone now because, like, the the Blackhawks aren't just Blackhawks suck. irrelevant. And not even just not even just that they suck. Just like no one likes the Blackhawks. Like even their own fans. Like all you have to be is like, yeah, your organization is a disgrace to the league right now. And they're like, you got me. I miss those days for sure. I mean, it's what you know made me become a Blues fan. Watching that series from like 10 years ago when i was first getting into hockey when i was like 12 years old i was like damn blues blackhawks this is a first round matchup but it feels like the stanley cup finals you know now here we are 10 years later and one of those two franchises is still relevant and in the conversation of you know competing for cups winning cups and the other one is the laughing stock of the league and you know in multiple lawsuits and all that so take take with that what you will um but yeah, it, it was definitely a, a strong game. A, a lot of positives coming out of it. Uh, that being said, the, the Blues... biggest positive for me, I think, we need to talk about. You touched on David Perron, but I think uh, a lot of people have been skeptical about. Like, obviously, his age is getting up there, and like he's coming off one of the best seasons of his career last season. So, not that you're going to hold him to that standard every year, but you'd like to see some kind of offensive production from him this year that mirrors yeah, that. Mean... But he's been injured and banged up throughout the course of the year, had COVID, had the concussion. I think he had a groin injury as well, uh, according to yep. Jeremy Rutherford. Been, so, yeah, he's been out three separate times. Right, which... so it's it's hard to get a rhythm going with that, and especially especially with his past with concussions. Like, like if I had a concussion history and I had a concussion again at the age that he's at and, like, not towards the end of his career because I think he's uh, he's got to be one of the best, like, in shape guys on the team when it comes to like the weight room and stuff. But um, I think that can definitely take a toll on you mentally, especially like your confidence and stuff. So for him to get back on the score sheet and not even like, it doesn't even come down to like assists and points and goals and stuff for him. But just, I think you can see in his play, like even if he didn't score that goal, like it's just the tenacity and like getting under guy's skin and going to like the gritty areas of the ice and like being engaged. I think uh, his engagement level on the ice, probably this last week or so, or these last, probably four or five games I think is night and day compared to what we saw earlier this season uh, when he was coming back from injury and COVID. So uh, that is something that you absolutely love to see if the Blues have David Perron as a weapon uh, and a force 
in the second half of the season and going into the playoffs, they're going to be a monster to deal with for other teams. Um, and it feels like the the kind of measuring stick for every team in the league, but especially for the St. Louis Blues because of the Central Division is the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, you're going to need, I mean, you're going to need all the firepower you can get to go toe to toe with those guys, especially if they end up getting Claude Giroux at the deadline. So uh, David Perron is definitely in that conversation, hundred percent. I'm glad to see him, you know, sort of pick things up. Like you said, it was just been hard for him to get into a rhythm, especially like at that age, you know, you're not just relying on fresh legs and, you know, youthful exuberance anymore. You kind of got to work up the full speed and he hasn't had the chance to do that. So I hope that this is the start of a, of a pretty dominant rest of the regular season for him, because I think he still has the potential to be a really strong offensive player for this team. That being said, we are getting close to the third segment where we'll be talking about the matchup between the St. Louis Blues and Ottawa Senators. And Tommy, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a stat at you. We're not going to talk about it, you know, because I don't want this to become a goalie controversy episode. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna let you chew on it. I'm gonna let the viewers and the listeners chew on it, and then maybe we'll we'll bring it back up tomorrow because I do want to do some more research on this stat. But uh, anyways, before we get into that, I want to say about our friends over at Bet Online. Now, football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops, as is hockey. So for, get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is gonna land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is the best source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So I, I mentioned that I wanted to uh, throw a stat at you. I, I want to spend a little bit more time uh, on my own, you know, coming up with more numbers to back this up. But we've been talking all season about how Jordan Bennington get, has a harder go than Billy Huso. Um, upon my initial research, I did some math because uh, I couldn't really find the statistic available. Billy Huso is facing, on average, 23.9 shots against per game, and Jordan Bennington is facing 26.7 shots per game. So... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna make any assumptions or statements of that because I do want to look for other stats. I want to look at like you know uh, power plays, penalty kills, all that. So I'm gonna do some research. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out some more uh, Bennington versus Huso. Um, just difficult, you know, difficulty of opponent stats and all that. But right off the bat, that would indicate that Jordan Bennington has had a little bit tougher of a go than Billy Huso just based off of the defense. That being said, Tommy. The Blues have to play the Ottawa Senators tomorrow. So I guess the first question I'll ask you is, who, who do you start in goal? It's got to be Billy Huso. Um, and I think the biggest reason for that is, uh, this feels like a trap game to me, to be honest. The Blues have an opportunity here. I mean, you're playing the Ottawa Senators uh, here tomorrow, and then I think Thursday they play the Montreal Canadiens. So obviously they're not really playoff teams that you're going to be going up against, but like I said, the Sens are playing pretty well right now. Montreal, uh, not so much. So I think if you're going to start Jordan Bennington either of these games, uh, it'd probably make the most sense to start him against Montreal. Go with Billy Huso against Matt Murray, who's kind of been um, looking like his former self with the Pittsburgh Penguins. The the, the cup run, Matt Murray has uh, made a resurgence here uh, as of late. So that's it, promising if you're a Sens fan, but a little bit scary if you're a Blues fan. Obviously, Brady Kachuk, the hometown boy, is back. So 
uh, you can absolutely jot him down for a goal because every time a guy that comes in uh, that that's hometown of St. Louis and plays against the Blues, it seems like he always scores. Uh, Batherson obviously is on injured reserve. Uh, he was the guy that got smoked by Aaron Dell. Um, old friend Zach Sanford. <laughs> uh, I think the last time team line combinations on daily faceoff currently have him on the first line. Uh, so. Uh, we know as Blues fans how much fun that is uh, and what that means for the state of your team. So uh, hopefully he'll the score, Blues... He'll score on us. Yeah. He'll score on oh, us. Oh, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But hopefully the Blues can take advantage of that. He's got seven goals and seven assists on the season, so kind of hovering right around where he was with us, I think. Um, and Logan Brown is playing in the lineup, I believe. So it's going to be a little bit of shake-up in the, in the lines for the Blues as well, but... It should, tall, I'm, lanky forward versus tall, lanky forward. Yep, I'm excited to see uh, how Logan Brown steps up against his former team, uh, and how Zach Sanford steps up against his former team. It's going to be there's there's a couple of revenge games going on there, which yeah, obviously Gilly's got a hold of us the last time. So hopefully the Blues come out on the right side of this one. All right, yeah. That being said, Tommy, we are at the 20-ish minute mark of today's episode, so it is time for everybody's favorite segment, and by everybody. I'm who is your pick for locked on player of the game and why sticking with my theme of i think just talking about him there's we've seen flashes lately of a scoring david perron that we haven't seen in a long time this season and i don't think it's um i don't think he's reached the ceiling of what he's capable yet as portrayed by what we saw last season i mean the dude can be an absolute barn burner uh, and scored game-winning goals left and right specifically in OT so um, I'm expecting the Blues to give him that opportunity uh, and feed into his confidence especially against like we talked about one of the bottom feeder teams in the NHL Uh, it's a perfect game for a guy like him to get his confidence going even more than it was last game and even more than it was the game before that so for that reason I'm going to take David Perron as my locked on player of the game. I like that. Anyways, Are you going D-man or forward? Let's break it down. D-man for forward or goalie? Player of the game. Billy Huso, your locked on player of the game. Is it a goalie? I could see it. I could actually see it being a sneaky goalie matchup Matt Murray versus Billy Huso one nothing win. That'd be nuts. Can you imagine? That would be pretty cool. Cuz I feel like there's a lot of games where Blues just end up making goalies look a lot better than they are no i'm gonna be picking a guy who's who has three goals and four assists over his last four games a guy that started out the season a little slow uh had people calling into question his contract uh, and that is Braden shen started out the season a little slow like i said um he's been scalding. had a stretch there where he yeah had a stretch there where he wasn't getting any points and then like i said seven points in his last four games. And if you go back a couple games before that, he had a goal in the Vancouver game, a goal in the game before that, and then two goals and two assists in the game before that. So over his last, he's had points in seven of his last eight games. He looks like he's at 13 points in his last seven games. So he's producing almost two points per game over the last two weeks or so of hockey. You know, it goes back further than that because we had this long break. Brinson has been on fire lately. Uh, and he's my pick for lockdown player of the game. I think he's finally going to embrace that momentum and have this be the regular, the norm for him for the rest of the season. And for that reason, I'm expecting him to continue his torrid pace and become the locked on player of the game. Final score prediction. Let's go four, two blues. I like the way Matt Murray's playing, dude. I think, I don't think he's going to let up four. I think he's going to let up two. And I think Billy Huso's going to let up one just because I could see Billy Huso locking him down the whole game, but it feels like for some 
odd reason. There's always one goal that goes in against Philly that's completely not his fault. Gets deflected off somebody or something like that. So I'm going to go 2-1 to one for the majority of the game. Uh, Blues are leading, and then the Blues get an empty netter under two minutes and make it 3-1 to one with the dagger. Okay, okay. I like that. Sort of similar answers. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to see one of which one of us is right. Watch the game and then tune into tomorrow's episode where we will inevitably make fun of whoever was wrong. Um, could be both of us. We might both be wrong, so we'll make fun of each other. But the only way you'll know is if you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening the to. The only so way you'll know also about our massive announcement coming oh, soon i didn't know if we were gonna tease that we yet can tease yeah it. we're gonna tease big it for a while news. Massive big news big news I, I can't say too much i can't say too much but we've got some some big changes coming up we've been at this for like two years waiting for the opportunity we just got and it's upon sure you guys us. stay tuned to it is upon us we are literally days away you can't tell by our faces if you're watching us yeah, on youtube we're not excited at all smile. just cheesing nope. like a bunch of bums uh, so if you haven't figured it out already, um, make sure you stay tuned because pretty soon you'll be able to look at it and hopefully hear it. Um, but again, I've said too much. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well as following us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Hit that notification bell. That way you'll know whenever we upload a new episode. Follow us on all of our socials, Locked On Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Harmon NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.